Welcome to another episode of the Hugo Floss Podcast. Today, as we record on July 11, 2021, and uh, you get to hear this on July 12th, and we get to hear all of this with Nancy Hugo. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? I'm either getting over a weird two-day cold or trying to survive my allergies, or maybe both. I'm not sure. Mm. Friday and Saturday were no fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Wait, I don't have any allergies. Knock on wood. I maybe have one, but it hasn't reared its ugly head. But Gluten? I feel... Um, I don't know. Do people say that's really an allergy? allergy? No. No. I am allergic to orange trees, but, you know, that being ah. said, I feel sorry for people with really bad allergies like you, and I keep apologizing, and I don't know if there was anything I could have done to avoid that as you were growing up. But that being said... Um, my week has been kind of interesting, um, and I'll start off by saying uh, I got a new car, which is actually a new car that I leased, and this is the same car, same make, same model. Um, this is my third one. I love the Buick Encore. It's, it's adorable. It looks like a, a big match car. Um, <laughs> don't laugh. I, it's good. It fits me. I can bring the seat all the way up and up. Oh, I can actually see over the steering wheel. So that's my main concern. But this car um, actually has everything I would want except running water. And it's easy to drive and it has all the safety features. But um, the good thing is that I am actually paying less per month for a car that's three years newer than what I turned in because, and I'm gonna give this guy a shout out, Gary Green has a uh, radio show on a KKNT uh, Saturday mornings. And he kept talking about how we can save money. And he worked in the car industry for years and his partner did too. And I can't remember his partner's name, but uh, Gary kept saying, before you get a car, let me help you. Yeah, and I said, fine, this sounds either too good to be true or I'm gonna go for it. And um, it worked out perfect. He negotiated. He knows everybody. I ended up with, um, like I said, less of a car payment than I have been uh, doing for the past three years. Um, they offered a flat rate to have the oil changed when necessary for the next three years with this flat rate pay up front. And I kind of went, no. And so he said, no. I recommend this because if the oil prices go up, labor goes up, whatever, they're going to charge you X number of dollars, but you're locked in. So I went with that. I still brought my payments lower than what I've been doing. So uh, if anybody is looking for a car in the Phoenix, I don't know if he would go outside of the Arizona area, but Gary Green, terrific guy to deal with. Um, and he's also from New York, so he has an accent I can understand. Stop laughing. I think. No, I, I, uh, <laughs> no, I was in um, back, way back when, when I worked at Netscape, uh, Jim Barksdale was the CEO at the time. And he was from, I want to say, Tennessee. And he, he was telling a story one time in a company meeting. So net, all the Netscape employees in a amphitheater type thing. He says, you know, we had this meeting with uh, over at Steve Jobs' house and President Clinton came in and we had all these CEOs and whatnot. And I said, hey, President Clinton, you and I are the only ones here that don't speak funny. Because uh -huh. Clinton was from Arkansas. 
Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, accents are funny because another time, um, one of my colleagues at Intel was from Australia. She still is. And uh, Melodel Mystica. And she said, my manager said I have a thick accent. And I said, uh, that sounds fine to me. So accents are fun. Yeah, they are. And she was um, doing linguistics, so that was even funnier. Oh, really? You know, I'm looking up uh, Gary's partner, and I can't find his name. Boy, we should have it on Does there. Gary have a website? So we'll stick that in the show notes. I'll look for it. Uh, the name of his Real show is plug. Your Car Insiders. And so I'll find Gary's uh, partner and put his, and I'll send you his information, and we'll put that on the, uh, on the show notes. So much for uh, Gary and so much for accents. I can use my Brooklyn accent if I wanted to, but I prefer not to. So, Very good. so that was my big thing for the week, getting that car. Um, it, it's amazing, really is. And it's just, oh, and my favorite thing about this car, and I do have to mention this, for the past two encores, approximately four years, whatever, um, I've uh, lifted the tailgate door, the, ba- the fifth door, and I can't reach it really comfortably. I always have to yeah. stretch. I think my right arm is longer than my left by doing this so many times. And finally, they have an automatic uh, tailgate door lifter. And it's like a hatchback. A, yeah, whatever you call Similar, it. Similar, you know, yeah. yeah. It's all an SUV. one door moving up. Yeah. Right. But I mean, right. it's all one door it goes up. So. Yeah, right. And they um, finally put a button on the back door. Uh, there's a button inside. There's my key fob, and also you can kind of swish your foot under the car in the rear end of it, and the door opens. So that was worth it, definitely, because it was really annoying when I would be on an incline and I'd open that door, and then I'd have to look around for people that are taller than me to try to close that door because I couldn't reach it. So I got in the habit of uh, either parking on a level uh, no incline, no, nobody's driveway, couldn't do that. Um, but, or park in an area where there's a lot of people and I get somebody to help me anyway. So much for the car. I love I, it. I guess you could, well, before this, you could have backed up to like, uh, when, when they have the parking or concrete ties between space, you know, like the, Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the bumpers. So that. Yeah. yeah. Or I could have brought a ladder, a little step stool with me, but, um, didn't want to or do that. get a new car. Yes, yes. Or, you know, hang out with somebody who's taller. So what was I, your week I, like? I, I Just before I forget, um, I used to lease uh, Volkswagens a lot. Um, when I lived in California, it, it ended up being a reasonable deal. And I think it was the GTI. I got the, was it the GTI? I got the, the prepaid like oil change and all that. Or maybe it was when I got the, the XB, when I switched over to Scion and uh, Toyota. Either way, the, the thing you have to remember with those is uh, I think they pull a fast one on you. If you miss a date, they'll say, well, you know, you already missed this one. So you got to make sure you put them on your calendar. I remember I remember getting or at least feeling that I had been sort of taken. Mm. Like, like what? How can, I already paid for this one. And they're like, oh, well, you know, you didn't do it in time. Or so it was just some, some extra little under, you know, like a fine print deal. Yeah. So I get an email that tells me all about my car. And then I have an app on my phone that tells me about that in this day and age with apps and everything else um, being automated. If you miss it, it's really, well, I guess hell to pay, but I haven't had that problem. 
Um, well, not yeah, you just got the car. So no, I mean with the other car. Yeah, that's true. Okay, gotcha. So uh, what else? Uh, so this week, yeah, it's been uh, as we were discussing before we started the show. It's been hot in Vegas, but not as hot as Phoenix. Uh, we tied a record yesterday on the tenth, 117 degrees. Everybody was going crazy. Garth Brooks did his concert. Uh, there was some other. Just a, it's just a crazy weekend of events and. Uh, oh really? Hmm. Um, but there was some other. It's Garth Brooks and something else, and I, I'm totally spacing on it. It was um, anyway. So it was stuff going on. Um, crowds like crazy. Our Fourth of July weekend was kind of they kind of extended it into July, so it's just been nonstop mask-free celebration. And then all through the, I know you hate when I, uh, everybody, you hate it when I bring this up, but our, our test positivity and hospitalizations and mortality are all going up. So no surprises there. Got to, money trumps uh, health and, and intelligence. So yeah, we have more sick people now than we did uh, in, in June. What are you going to do? This is wear the way of the world. You Vegas. Yeah, well, wear your mask when you come here, I guess, and stay away from people. Yeah, that's the key. Um, can you imagine having outdoor uh, concerts in this weather? They might as well just spray uh, a hose over everybody. Well, yeah, the, the um, I don't know. If, I think Garth was in the Allegiant Stadium, maybe the new, the you know the the uh, Raiders uh-huh. stadium, and then something else was in the T-Mobile Arena. I think I don't really, but I was watching. Um, you don't have to go downtown or to the strip or anywhere. You can just watch these YouTubers wandering around and they they were literally like, I remember, <laughs> I don't know if you remember uh, specifically, but when, when I was in high school, we, I used to work at the McDonald's in the mall and we used to go to the mall Metro Metro center. Yes. Which is now, the def- the defunct Metro center. Yeah. yeah. But at the time it was like the place to go hang out and you just walk around the mall. They had air conditioning. So over the summer, you could go just walk around the mall and yeah, people watching and maybe stop into McDonald's or if I had to work, I'd go before or whatever. So when I, I see these people wandering around on the strip and again, it's, it's not 117 uh, in the evenings, but it's still hot, still a yeah. hundred. And the, so the YouTube view, you know, the, these people with, that are making their videos, you can see, People are like they're walking around in a mall, except they're outside and it's a hundred degrees or more. And they're just walking in a crowd, like mindless zombies. Like I'm in Vegas. I guess I'll walk on the strip. And to me, that's, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I don't know what to say and, other and than that. Add to that a couple of drinks and they don't really care what it's like. Right. I guess. But I mean, I honestly, if I was like, I got to go to Vegas for a, uh, got to go see Garth or I got to go to whatever other events are going on. Got to go to resort world or whatever it is. There is an entire multi acre facility with air conditioning and everything for you to hang out in. I cannot imagine like, okay, let's go outside and wander <laughs> in these insane temperatures. And cause the look on people's faces. And again, it's, uh, I don't have to do the work. I just watched on uh, YouTube. Yeah, stay cool. These people, yeah. these people are, they're, they're wandering around talking to me. Oh, hey, how are you, are you here from, uh, pick a state. So they're socializing with people and people, they, oh yeah, I'm here from, uh, you know, wherever, California, Idaho, whatever. But to me, it seems like that's a conversation you want to have inside 
you know, I think so. people are, they're like getting the um, animals out of the cage. Um, they don't care about the rules. They don't care about anything other than, hey, we are now in Vegas. We haven't been here in a while. We're going to do what we're going to do. So they're all excited. They're like little kids going to a, a party and meeting people for the first time in their life. I guess. But I mean, like I said, I just, the, the, the look on people's faces when they're walking on the strip in 100 degrees at 10 p.m., they just, they look like they're mindless zombies that are like, I just have to make it to the next resort or whatever, or I got to see the show at the Bellagio, got to see the water. Yeah, but then they can go home and tell their friends, hey, I went to Vegas. Yeah, well, but you hit you hit the nail on the head. Mindless zombies, that is a perfect explanation or description just, of, of what are, you know, what's out that's there. That's what they look, that's what they look like. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it before, but there, there are like, I don't know, five or six YouTube channels that I've seen that they, they proactively every weekend will go to the same places. Now, I mean, I live here. I will say it's it's a nice place. It's not not the best, not the worst. It's always a story. But <laughs> that's for sure. But uh, well, I mean, if anytime I was traveling when I worked at Intel, I would travel around this. And when you say, "Oh, yeah, I live in Las Vegas," that right away, that's you get some attention. Like, really? Because there's curiosity, and you know. Oh, people have said. Time. I'm sure people have said this to you. You actually live in Las Vegas? Yeah. People live there. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole, so a whole collection of, of, of uh, discussion topics can fall out of just saying something as simple as I live in Las Vegas. So unless you're in uh, New Mexico, in which case they will ask if you are from the one in New Mexico or the other one, <laughs> which uh, was always funny. Uh, there is a Las Vegas, New Mexico. Oh, there is? There is. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, so they'll say, are you from the one here or in Ve or the one in Nevada? And I, you know, the, the one in Nevada. Oh yeah. Okay. Cause yeah, nobody lives in the one in Vegas and uh, New Mexico. So that's an odd exchange, but that's the only place that happens everywhere else in the world that I've been right away. Fascinated. But that being said, um, the YouTubers that go wandering around, they, they literally are turning a crank. I don't mean to poo poo them. They're doing their thing and people watch and they make money from their Patreons and all that, but they're, they're just walking up and down the strip Every weekend or, or downtown, sometimes they go on a hike. Do but, they ever exude boredom? I mean, how many times can you do that, really? Well, I guess if you're going to get paid to, to, like, you can sit home and watch somebody else wander around the strip for money, or you can be one of those people, I guess. But um, it's, it's just a weird, it's weird to, it'd be like if somebody was walking up and down the streets of Glendale, California, Arizona, and or California, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, look, there's that's uh, that's Dunlap, right? That's Dunlap now, again." Now I'm living in Arizona. Now, if somebody did that in New York, and I'm familiar with New York City, I would probably watch it one or two times, seeing where they're taking their videos and because I've worked in New York City and I thought it was interesting and also how the place has changed since I've been there. But give me one or two times and I'm done. Well, the, the interesting thing, okay, New York, Manhattan or anywhere on Long Island or- Or Brooklyn, you know. Anywhere, whatever. I mean, these, yeah. are, these are the boroughs of New York. Are, they are all interesting in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. They have stories, they have people, they have things going on. And I've said this about Dublin, 
um, Toulouse in France was like this. Paris probably like this. Rome, I didn't really get the sense. Rome is more like touristy. Mm-hmm. Just because they put on the, the the centurion outfits out out inside outside of the uh, Colosseum or outside of the Parthenon and all this yeah. stuff, so <clears throat> a little bit less of what I'm getting at, which is the working city, as in when you go to Dublin, you don't see people standing around dressed as characters or anything. They're there for work. They're, it's a functioning city. There's a traffic. There's stuff going on, and New York definitely. All the boroughs have a, have something going on. All right. Uh, so when you come to Vegas, there's this strip. And so Vegas is a working city, but the strip is all about tourists. Right. So you're not really getting the same effect as if you go to New York or something. New York, you could wander around for a lifetime. And yeah, you can. Have different stuff. Here, you're literally, you got people going, okay, Friday we'll be on Fremont and Saturday we'll be on the strip. And next week we'll switch it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say there isn't other stuff going on, but those are the things that are interesting to people. But if you go to Dublin, you could spend weeks just wandering around the city of Dublin itself, um, in my opinion. I mean, there's all kinds of interesting people and stuff going on and old spots and new spots and, uh, you know, Trinity um, Trinity College or University? Trinity University. Um, St. Stephen's Green, the big giant park. It's like Central Park in Dublin. The... the uh, what is it called? The um, there's a zoo or something where the ambassador's house. So anyway, just just tons and tons of interesting stuff. And to me, Vegas is like t- uh, two spots that people really want to see, and that's where they go. Mm. Well, since you live there, you probably can say going up and down the strip is not your cup of tea because after a while it would get boring. I mean, to me, it would get boring, and I don't go there that often. The last time I was on the strip, I think, is when when you were here. Yeah, probably, which was years ago. It was right after, it was when the Mandalay Bay was still boarded up from the shooter. Yeah, so when you go to uh, CES or when you go to KBiz, you just go right there. You don't walk along the strip to get there. Just make that clear. No, yeah, it's pretty, um, (laughs) it's kind of, I guess it's kind of strange to me or to people that live here, you can, you, you just go there. There is no like, oh, we're staying at this casino slash resort and we have to figure out how or you know, get a Lyft or an Uber or, or take some shuttle or, you know, because it's, you're not familiar with the area perhaps. But to me, walk over to the transit center, take the CX bus to the BTC, take the whatever bus now, they change the routes, but there's a bus that goes directly to the convention center. So no, no parking, nothing to deal with. You know, there probably are a lot of people that would like to go to Vegas, but maybe they don't have the opportunity or the money or so seeing all that maybe satisfies their, uh, their inquisitiveness of, I wonder what it's like. The FOMO. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so what else are we going to talk about? I got a couple of things I want to say, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation. That's my job. Yes. Stay back. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, uh, since you don't want to talk about coffee, I will tell you that I got some, um, I've, I've never had a Robusta coffee, uh, usually a blend or mostly Arabica. 
So Arabica beans are the ones everybody likes. Oh, they're, mm, they're delicious. And Robusta beans are, ooh, these are very high in caffeine, but don't taste as good. So you try so them. I, what do you think? Oh, it tastes fine. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a dark roast, so you're just going to get the roasty flavor. So you're not looking for the ooh, figs and cherries and, and uh, coconut and, you know, all these other nutty flavors. <laughs> like, I, never, I never pick up on these, the finer. No, I can't say never. It depends on how you brew it. Um, but I prefer darker roasts. And so I got this uh, black diamond something, something Robusta on Amazon. Because if you get the subscribe and save, you get the discount. So I think it was like... Uh, 10 bucks or something for my last subscribe and save. I'm like, I'm going to try some just pure Robusta. And it was good. So I enjoyed it. Uh, I did uh, two different kinds of pour over and uh, AeroPress. So I think I like the AeroPress best. Oh, good. Of the three. So. And thank you for your uh, critique on coffee. When did you start drinking coffee? I, in college, I was never a fan of coffee, but for the sake of staying awake for midterms and whatnot, I used to do uh, <clears throat> coffee beans, chocolate-covered espresso beans, for example. Yeah, those don't do anything for me, but they taste good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I you know I used to get uh, feel a little bit awake, and then I um, when we started going to the Thai restaurant my senior year, we started drinking Thai tea and Thai coffee, which is loaded with caffeine and sugar, mm-hmm. and so probably not the most healthy thing, but. And then um, also uh, during my junior year, <laughs> uh, not coffee, but uh, my roommate Tuck and I participated in a caffeine study sanctioned and uh, monitored by a, an actual doctor mm-hmm. uh, at CMC. And it was, uh, you would get two two liter bottles of doctored cola that they would add some caffeine to or not. And so only they knew what you were drinking. Uh-huh. And they said, you could only drink that. Don't drink other sodas or anything. And you can drink water, but no coffee, no soda. Just drink this beverage for your caffeine. And so we were drinking just this. And we could always get more. And uh, by the time, oh, wait, maybe it was my sophomore year. Yeah, it was my sophomore year because we were, we were in the shop making our tools and everything. And... By the end of the caffeine study, I was unable to sleep for like a week. Really? It was uh, pretty horrible. So did you stop drinking coffee after that uh, experiment? No, no, no. But I mean, I had never been a coffee drinker up until then. Right. You were always milk, a milk drinker. I like, Yeah. We had yeah. Un- unlimited supplies of milk and chocolate milk in the cafeteria. So I was, that's what I would drink. Very uh-huh. little soda, very little coffee. So chocolate-covered espresso beans and that co- caffeine study were the only real college year mm-hmm. caffeinated beverages. And then um, when I started working in Silicon Valley, like Netscape had the had espresso machines in every kitchen area. So they're like, yeah, just stay here and drink coffee all day while you're working. So I started making really crappy espresso. <laughs> Are you a Starbucks fan? Um, I started drinking Starbucks coffee just because that was the place to go to grab a coffee or meet up with people or uh-huh. like, hey, we're going to Starbucks. Anybody want anything? That kind of stuff. And then Pete's coffee is also in the bear in the. So area. coffee actually became a very social thing. It's not yes. something that you said, oh, I got to have my morning coffee. Or did you? Right. 
Oh, no, no, no. It became uh, totally social. When I went to Eindhoven, when I worked for Philips, uh-huh. uh, I was in Eindhoven and they had a little ritual. This is before the Euro. So any uh, Princess Bride fans out there, the um, we would go, we would walk down from the lab in the building we were in. We would walk down the, down the hallway to this little kitchenette area and they had a coffee vending machine and you would put in your... Uh, 25, uh, 0.25 guilders or florins. They both they mean the same thing. So if you're, if you remember Princess Pride, the guilder, florins, yeah, those were the factions that, that, that they wanted to kidnap the princess and all that stuff. So yeah, so the guilder, so you drop a quarter in, you get a coffee. So the person there, um, Eric Dahl, said, you know, it's funny when they made the coffee free, people didn't gather as much. They would come in, get a free coffee and go back to their desk or there. So when you pay for the coffee, you get more of a socializing break time. And when I was in Italy, they had the same thing. They would go down to the coffee vending machine and it would make pretty good espresso. And so they would just all go en masse. And somebody had like a key to the coffee vending machine. So it, I mean, like a USB key. So it would, pay out of some master account or something. So rather than dropping coins in there, but it was a very social thing to go get coffee together. So well, I think with the, um, the influx of Starbucks all over the place, you can't go two blocks without finding a Starbucks or now, uh, they, the Pete or Seattle coffee. I mean, they're popping up. Seattle's best, Pete's. Yeah. Yeah. So they've become very social. And I I can't remember when that started. I started drinking coffee as a teenager when I was in high school. And, but there was no, I mean, we'd go to a diner to hang out and we'd have a cup of coffee, but that really wasn't popular. Now you see everybody with a latte in their hands. So they've marketed well. So it's become a, Thing, you've got to be in the know. You've got to be in that group. Like they automatically go, hey, let's meet at Starbucks. And then of course they've become very popular. You can bring your laptop and you have the uh, community tables. So they've really done a good job at marketing coffee. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like independent coffee shops are more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still the uh, Cave, Creek, Cave Creek Coffee Company. Are they still open? Mm, I believe they are. That place was nice. Um, here in Vegas, there's a lot of, there's a place called Samba Latte, which is very nice. has a very nice Italian style presentation. There's, um, there are several downtown. There's all kinds of little, what, in something owl coffee and Vesta. So all these little independent coffee shops and everybody was worried that they were going to disappear from the face of the earth. And, um, uh, I got into like a weird argument with some guy who's a, like a professional coffee roaster guy somewhere up in Oregon, I think. He's like, oh, coffee shops are dead. People are just going to make coffee at home. And I was like, uh, I cannot possibly imagine that's true. Not, not, not even close. And so you're seeing. Yeah, it's, it's in, yeah, it's been ingrained that this is where you socialize. This is where people go. Instead of saying, hey, let's meet for lunch. It's so much easier to say, let's just meet for coffee. Let's meet here or there and we can chat yeah. about whatever. And coffee places have small bites, food usually. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody has gluten-free, but I'm just throwing that out. Uh, do, you feel, 
Yeah. Do you feel that you're addicted to coffee? Like you have no. to have your coffee? No. Um, I think I don't, <clears throat> I don't drink, uh, I don't drink enough coffee so that like I not nowhere near that. Having experienced the caffeine study and its effect on me, um, I don't drink that much. <laughs> like uh, lately, I think if I drink two or three cups a day, maybe mm -hmm. two, say two, say two a day, maybe three, but usually two. So if I was really going to like do a coffee only fast or something, then maybe go for four. But I think it, for me personally, I'd have to go way beyond that to get any sort of jittery, shaky, can't sleep effects. And I don't do that. Mm -hmm. So then if I don't have any coffee, so like Friday and Saturday when I was feeling a little under the weather, I was just exhausted and my head felt like stuffed up, couldn't breathe, sneezing. Just So that's why I was wondering, do I have a cold or worse or is this just allergies? No fever. So probably not sick, but either mm -hmm. way. Yeah. So I didn't drink coffee those days, but I was like, well, I'm just too tired. I don't really want to deal with yeah. coffee. Yeah. So I don't think I, I drag too much. I mean, when I go to your house, uh, it, you, you have this abomination of half calf <laughs> and I don't feel myself going, Oh my God, I can't move with only half the caffeine. So it's nice. I, a, a nice cup of coffee in the morning is a nice way to start the day. Yeah, it is. And I like the taste and that's why I can drink a whole pot of coffee yeah. through the Which day. I was going to, yeah, I was going to get to this, that you, when you go to coffee shops, they got the, do you want the flat white? Do you want the cappuccino? You want the cinnamon or what the, all the whatever random soy milk and uh, the frappuccino, of course, the milkshake of coffees. And those are all like, I guess, gateway drugs. Because <laughs> if you, once you get over the, oh, coffee's bitter. Or what, no, you can just add 25 other ingredients and a pound of sugar and you get this delicious, uh, coffee flavored beverage. But I personally find that if you can make a cup of coffee that doesn't require sugar mm -hmm. or cream, you know, just straight black coffee, they, usually if you make it well, it tastes good. Yeah. Well, I drink coffee black too. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's turn the page. We've uh, just talked about coffee enough. Done. I want to talk about that, uh, that, idiot Bill Cosby. They let him out of prison this week and it really upset a lot of people and I can see why. This moron admitted what he had done. You know, so I gave, you know, somebody some pills and then, you know, had sex with them against their will because they, he was drugging them. And there were so many people who actually uh, came out and admitted that they were uh, his victims. And of course, they're upset because he got let out and he got it let out on a technicality. Uh, a so, big technicality, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so they, he was saying he wants to do a tour now. And yeah, I think are, he, he's, he's getting ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody would come and see him. I think they if they did, they'd probably spit at him. But I um, stand by these these uh, club owners who say, no, he's not stepping into my club or he's not going to do a tour at our place. And I, yeah. I hope everybody stands together and, and bans this guy because this guy is, um, he's a pig. He is um, definitely not somebody that people should go see. 
So that's all I'm going to say about that pig. Yeah. The, um, the, the technicality is not trivial, but it's unfortunate no, it's that not. it was applied to this person. Well, no, I mean, just, you, you know, they, basically they said, eh, go ahead and testify against yourself. We're not going to press criminal charges against you. And then they turned around and said, oh, wait, no, we are. So all of his testimony was used against him. So from the bigger picture, American justice system and everything, it's like, well, that's that was not supposed to go that way. So the judgment in the big picture makes some sense, but it's unfortunate that it was this person yeah, in these exactly. circumstances. Yeah. So what I what's unfortunate though is I'm seeing on the day of, day after, a lot of people saying, well, his reputation is sullied forever. Everybody will always know. But he's then you start seeing these headlines like, ooh, should he be interviewed? So the news stations and, and talk shows are are on the fence. Like, do we have him on? Do we turn our backs on him? Because you know it's about ratings. And now he's talking about now he's supporting Felicia Rashad and her tone deaf statement from oh, uh, Howard from University her, thing. Yeah. She's the dean dean there. Go go figure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh and then and then um but you know yeah, what, Dan? Whole, Americans whole have small memories. Give it a year and people are going to forget. Oh, yeah. You know, what he did wasn't that bad. And um, Americans are suckers for an apology. That's the big thing. Oh, yeah. So if he were to come out and say he was sorry, then people would probably say, oh, oh well, okay, which is ridiculous. Uh -huh. But um, yeah, I mean, arguably, uh, Louis C.K. could be compared and Louis C.K. was just sort of lewd. Disgusting. Right? Yes. Well, but he didn't drug or uh, assault anyone. He was just That's lewd. true. Was, you know, he was, pub he was indecent. He was, uh, he was inappropriate in his use of authority over people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I'm more famous. So, yeah, there, you can't really defend his actions, but they were not nearly so, uh, so criminal, I guess, as Cosby. Right. He, Louis C.K. lost out on like ten, many tens of millions of dollars from movies that were produced and never released and tour dates that got canceled. And yeah, so he he paid a, a financial price, a reputation, right? Um, you know, he's back out on the road and he, slowly but surely he's returning to the stage and all that. And uh, so he he sat it out for quite a while. Uh, Bill Cosby looks like he doesn't, he's like, I already did my time. So it'll be interesting to see how people take uh, the same with what's his name? Weinstein guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Good yeah. Old it'll Harvey. Be interesting to see because they're saying, well, oh, maybe we can use the same tactics to get him out of jail soon. Why <laughs> like, would anybody want it? Yeah, they are very bad. And, you know, shame on those. I hate to say this, but shame on those defense attorneys that take this just for the money and the notoriety. You know, look at the person and what they did to other people, and they don't deserve to um, be anywhere except, well, in a jail cell or locked up in their bedroom until they die. I mean, what has he done? He hasn't done anything good for society. You know, when he was Fat Albert, I thought, well, you know, he's standing up. He's, he's teaching kids good things. Who knew that behind the scenes he was destroying women's lives? So he led a double life. He was good in some things he did and yeah, he was terrible in other things and for see, for people to stand next to him that that's gross okay let's not give him any more time than he deserves right or give him a lot more time than he got one of those <laughs> yeah that's true yeah yeah he should have gotten um 
what was he was three under three years he was in jail yeah i don't remember yeah two years yeah. and some yeah yeah shame on him anyway okay let's talk about um mobile phones and the carriers now i um have to admit that my mobile phone is probably uh, almost as old as bill cosby jeez it's a Pixel 2, Google Pixel 2. I really like this phone, but it's starting to say, please let me just take it easy, get a new phone. And so one of these days I will, and I'll probably get a Pixel 4a. Um, and we've talked about this before, but more importantly, I did a, um, a analysis on the carriers, Verizon versus Pure Talk, Patriot Talk, Consumer Talk, Google Fi. And after six months of dragging my feet, I switched over to Pure Talk. So people, if you want to save money, I would suggest you do the same analysis I did. And I'm spending less than half of what I did with Verizon. And what did I do? What did I get for Verizon? Not much. I was with them for 27 years. I was a sucker. You know, at the time when we started with Verizon, they had a good coverage. Um, they had some good points, but I don't travel. I don't go out of the country. Um, to call them and get uh, technical support, you might as well just get two hours and be prepared to waste uh, that much time and try to explain to them what's wrong with your phone or, you know, any questions you might have. So anyway, I made the change and I'm hoping that Pure Talk doesn't poop out on me and they're just as good as what everybody says they are. <clears throat> so everybody, <clears throat> pardon me, everybody uh, is a carrier or a, I can't remember what the acronym is, but there's the, there are the carriers that have the wire, right? AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, T-Mobile. T-Mobile, yeah. So they've, they've paid for infrastructure and then there are resellers that, you know, package deals and then there's a whole nother name for that. But either way, um, yeah, there are so many choices now, which is good. Um, you just have to find the one that works for you. I've been using Google. So um, what was it? Many, many, many years ago, Google bought this company called Grand Central, mm -hmm. which was an online virtual phone number thing. So, oh, you can make your own phone number online and it'll, you get text messages to your whatever they called hangouts at the time. So I tried it and I've had the same phone number through that ever since. And I treated it like, a, oh, you can just use this phone number and it will be regardless of my cell phone. And, all that. and then when I switched over to Google Fi from T-Mobile, no, Singular, one of those. Um, I think T-Mobile. Google Fi uh, is pretty good and it works really well when you're traveling, which you don't do. Mm -hmm. But if you're traveling internationally, totally worked. I didn't have to get multiple SIMs. When I was in Italy, I had an Italian SIM and an Irish SIM and a, all this stuff. And because because international roaming was ridiculous. But Google Fi, I was like, oh, international roaming, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. So that was the big thing. That was the main reason I went that direction. So you had to transfer your number from Grand Central, which became Google Voice, you transfer that to Google Fi. But I've been pretty happy with that for what, six years now? Yeah, well, I did look into Google Fi and you know, there again, I don't travel. Uh, so Pure Talk had offered some things, but I was gonna say, talk about, did you ever say, oh yeah, I live in Las Vegas and somebody goes, oh, I know somebody who lives in Las Vegas. Do you know so-and-so? 
this happens to me all the time, um, especially if I'm talking to people from back east and they go, oh, you live in Phoenix. You know, my cousin just moved there. What does that mean? Am I supposed to go look up his cousin? Well, I talked to CenturyLink this week and the guy goes, oh, you live in Phoenix. Um, I had a cousin who just moved there. I have a cousin who just moved there. What am I supposed to say? Oh, really? Are you going to visit him? Do you want to hang out? Do you want to go to Starbucks? I think that's mm -hmm. stupid. But on the other hand, when I was switching over to Pure Talk, I said to the, and I usually say this, so where are you sitting? I want to know that you're not sitting in India and you have an accent. Because then forget it, I can't understand these people. So he said, well, actually, I used to live in Glendale. And he actually went to the same high school as um, your sister. So that was a small world. That was like, really? Um, so that I can see talking about, well, yeah, now I live here. And, you know, Glendale was pretty nice. But um, occasionally I'll meet somebody who says, oh, yeah, I had, not only that, I have a cousin and my grandmother lives there. Yeah. Well, so do five million other people. Yeah. Yes. And now we're getting all these, um, uh, these people crossing the border and they all live here, too. How exciting Indeed. is that? Yes, I just found out that one of the hotels that I actually worked on um, when they were building it, um, I worked for a company and we supplied all of the shower material, you know, the cultured marble and the countertops. And that has been purchased um, by the government in partnership with somebody else. And they now have 1,200 beds that are filled with immigrants in Scottsdale. Not in downtown Scottsdale, in the upper Scottsdale area. So um, the neighbors are up in arms because, you know, I don't want to say too much about these immigrants, but they're not testing them when they cross the border for COVID. Uh, so we are, we, the taxpayers, are paying a fortune for these people. Um, I don't want to say anything else because I don't want to get into politics, but... Uh, there's something that's got to be done here. Okay, I'm done with that. The the big thing I've gotten in my travels, literally, because uh, not so, I mean, when people, when I say I live in Las Vegas, mostly I've encountered people who are not familiar. I mean, it, you know, they just think of Vegas as a destination for gambling, not right. a place to actually live. So I, I've not really, you know, maybe 95% of the time I get more of a, I didn't know people actually live there. You know, 5% it'll be, oh, my, you know, so-and-so lives there or I'm thinking about moving there or things like that. Mm -hmm. But the the main thing I would get always was uh, in the airport when I would check in or go to the gate or whatever, you get the, oh, you're going to Vegas. And I would say, yeah, I live there. I'm just going home. And they're like, oh, <laughs> like visual shoulders dropping sense of disappointment. Like, oh, you're just, you know, years and years ago, um, I didn't know that much about Vegas. You just, you were ingrained with the idea that there's a strip, you know, Frank Sinatra was there and Dean Martin and uh, Bugsy Siegel. And, you know, that was it. It was, uh, it started out, it was in the middle of the desert and they started out with this stuff. And so thinking that, wow, there's food stores there, there's schools there, there's kids that actually yeah. go to school there. You know, that was, that was years ago. Um, visiting there so many times you know i do know that uh, 
the strip is just a contained area in the desert where millions of people spend millions of dollars. Um, yep. But it's it's a real it's town. Even, it's not even in Las Vegas. I know. It's an unincorporated. The um, now yeah downtown Las Vegas Fremont is in Las Vegas, but yeah uh, I I always tell people like I live in the city of Las Vegas proper. I live twelve miles north of the stratosphere. I live I can walk to a grocery store and there's a school even closer elementary school. So yeah I I live in I <laughs> I actually can see the Strip on the horizon. So oh. I tell people yeah I go to Vegas too. I I get on the bus and it takes me twenty minutes and I am in Vegas. Mm. And well, talking about Sorry. Vegas, I, I've got one more thing that I want to ask you. Are you going to go to CES? And is that January 2022? It is. I believe it was January 5 through 8, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I'm... Uh, so first of all, I don't know if... I th- there was a time when residents would get some sort of an offer in August, like, Hey, would you like to go to CES for free? And I don't know if it was an apology for all the trouble that the convention center causes everybody through the year. (laughs) But, um, but I think more because I had been there, like you're an alum at some point, like, Oh, you went last year. You want to go again. So just for the, for the sake of, you know, getting my tickets again, you know, it's free sign up piece of cake. And I've already described that getting there is easy. I don't have to get a hotel room. I just jump on a bus. I'm there. and That's the good part of living in, in uh, Las Vegas, yeah. you know, the hotels. Yeah. Oh, first, yeah. Way, yeah. I should probably have said CES is Consumer Electronic um, Show. Consumer Electronic Show, yeah. Yeah. So um, for those people who are listening to this podcast, just quickly tell us what you see when you go to CES. Can you encapsulate that? It is in the main hallway, in the main uh, convention halls. It is essentially like being on the casino floor, but in in a in a hall. So a lot of big, you know, larger than life displays. A lot of blinking lights. A lot of bright, um, eye catching stuff. Not so much neon, but uh, I'm guessing if they could do neon, they would. Mm-hmm. So it's just very glitz and glamour, and you know, it's, it's all for the news. You get a lot of YouTubers wandering through there doing interviews and, you know, it's all free press for them. So, uh, it has become over the year. I used to, I had been to CES probably 10 years ago, more, more than that, um, for work. Right. So you fly to Vegas, you do your, do your one or two days. I worked on a show in a booth for, for a week at Comdex, which was the other major trade show here for consumer electronics that was in like what 1990 98 or so so just uh they say attendance is around 180,000 people pre-pandemic so it's just a crowd of people wandering around seeing new gadgets do you have to be excuse me but do you have to be in the business of electronics to go to these shows or can the public go technically it's, it's for people in the consumer electronics industry mm-hmm. or the press, but you know, you just check a box that says, yeah, I'm in the industry. Okay. So nobody checks. Oh. So people go just cause they're interested, which is fine. The, the cool part to me is I, I may have mentioned this before is the Eureka park, which up until, I don't know if they'll do it again this year in the same place. Cause the sands got sold. Oh. And then the guy who owned 
Sands Expo and the Venetian. Um, Sheldon, what was his name? Sheldon, whatever his name, he passed away right after. So oh, I don't know what timing to, for him. Yeah. Shel, uh, Sheldon Adelson or something. Um, that's hard. I don't know his name, but uh, we'll call him Shelly. Yeah. Sure. He, he sold off the, the Sands Expo, which was at the bottom of the, the mm -hmm. uh, Venetian. And I guess the Palazzo, but uh, previously the, the, San, the Sands Expo at the, at the bottom under everything, the Eureka park, which was all these little startups and you get like a 10 by 10 booth or something just right. really small. It's usually the, the entire company is probably there. There are five people that have, you know, we've been working on this thing. So to me, that's much more interesting than walking through the Samsung booth or yeah. the LG booth. And they've got a thousand screens and, and nobody in the booth actually works there. They're all hired, you know, contractors, everything. So I prefer the more organic Eureka park. So I would go there. That's where I would spend my time. I would think that because you were involved in the maker fair and makers with Intel, that you would be more interested in Eureka Park. But that's just me yeah. thinking that. Um, whereas the first time a person who would go to CES, whether they're in the business or not, would be so mesmerized by the main show floor that they would want to probably use up all oh, sure. their time walking around going, oh, yeah. I just saw this and that. So, yeah. And, so are you, you going to go there's... this year? That was yeah, my main um, question. <laughs> So I will get my free ticket. I'll probably get the email in August as usual. Um, this year, as we've sort of touched on, my, my goal is to identify a couple of assistive technology development companies, especially the ones that might appear in Eureka Park, mm -hmm. and do some co-creation collaboration with the Casa Nunzia concept. Mm -hmm. So I'll try to find smaller companies like that, and then I will try to work with are hopefully one or two connections at the VA or some other basically chicken and egg problem trying, you know, getting, getting everybody to line up and, and work together. And then, so we can do a suite demo as in not on the floor, but in a hotel suite somewhere, a resort mm -hmm. suite mm -hmm. of, you know, Hey, here's co-collaboration efforts, co-creation, I should say. Yeah. Um, so small, small companies, people with special needs, working together to develop better products. So that as a live demo would be sort of a goal. So if that can be accomplished by January, which it technically should be fine because it's a demo, it's not a, not trying to make a real product, but just demonstrating how it would work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can, if we can get this sorted out by September for our nonprofit, all that stuff, that'll, that'll be nice. So yes, I will go to the, sh the floor and wander around, see what happens. Yeah, and if it in if any stretch of the imagination um, would happen, I would love to be there. So maybe I should shoot for that, even if I just go for one day. Anyway. Yeah, fly southwest. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, anything else to say? I'm trying to think. Oh, I did not publish. I don't think anybody actually subscribes to this, but we, we have some subscribers to the show notes newsletter, mm -hmm. but I do the weekend edition and um, I did not because I already mentioned I wasn't feeling under the weather. So I did not send out the weekend edition newsletter where I normally cover 
like follow-ups to what we talked about during the show or other interesting things. But I, it would be nice if other people would subscribe to that because the goal eventually is to use the weekend to like, Hey, we're going to do a live stream on Sunday. If you want to join, here's the meeting link or whatever, you know, so kind of prime a more interactive show that way. So we'll see mm -hmm. if we can. Yes. Yeah, so it doesn't cost anything to subscribe, you know, and I That's say right. the same thing about um, when I do my other podcast. Yeah. For those people who don't realize or know that I do another podcast and it's all about design, home design chat with Nancy. And I'm always telling people to subscribe. Um, but I do a half hour podcast on everything you'd ever want to know about your home, whether it's uh, the colors of the year or um, how to paint your walls or how to design a kitchen. So subscribing is good. Um, I need more subscribers. So, so, <clears throat> so links to these things will be in the show notes of course. newsletter, mm -hmm. which is hugoflacio.substack.com or you can find it in the description of this episode on your podcast. It's, it's kind of annoying. It's kind of confusing to find all this stuff. That's why I don't, I'm not a fan of the way podcasting has grown organically, mm -hmm. like it, like a weeds. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, so there will be a link in the show notes to the newsletter. And inside the newsletter is all the useful links and notes and show stuff. You know, I still run into people who have never listened to a podcast and don't laugh. I do listen to podcasts um, or they've never been on one or they don't have one. Um, and that's rare because it seems like everybody and his uncle has a podcast and they're doing it on every single subject you can um, think of. Now, the one that I've been doing is, well, I'm in my fourth year. And before that, I did another podcast. I just changed the name, but basically it was all about design. And I did that for about three years. So I've probably been doing podcasts longer than most people. Um, and um, I enjoy it. I think it's fun doing podcasts, don't you? It is, uh, it is fun to do the, to actually sit and talk to people. The infrastructure that, enables podcasts to be discovered and downloaded and shared and whatnot needs needs an update yeah i agree right now we're using zoom um previous to this i was using zencaster and we both know that boy even though they're saying well now we can do video now we can do this um they've got to fix the um, bugs that are in their system and that's why we don't use it anymore right but for the consumer of podcasts how do you and, and I actually talked about this in, a, in my other, in my Quaggling Sand podcast, uh, which was even the guy who invented podcasting, Adam Curry. Mm -hmm. So he, and the story of it is actually interesting. And he was an MTV jock, video jock. And he at some point said, hey, it'd be cool if I could just make an audio program and people could download it and listen to it. And so he talked to Dave Weiner about the RSS stuff and eventually Apple contacted him about, yeah, we want to, we want to put this in with the, you know, make it official podcasting, Apple mm -hmm. iPod. Mm -hmm. So Steve Jobs was all into it and everything. And, and now Apple's kind of monetizing and Spotify, Apple, Amazon, they're all creating their little empires. So it's kind of a mess. But I tried to share a, a podcast 
episode that Adam Curry did with his co-developer of the Podcast Index, which is his effort to modernize some aspects of podcasting. And I couldn't even do that. So the guy who invented all this stuff, who's trying to fix problems, like give me one link to your show with the show notes. Nope. Wow. So directing people to to like getting, like here's everything you need. For, and actually YouTube has actually kind of got the formula correct in my opinion, that not everything is good about YouTube. But if I share a YouTube video with you, you know where the YouTube video is, you know who created it, you know the channel, right. you know their other video, you know, all this stuff is all sort of self-contained. And so the expectations have been set. Uh, not true of podcasting as much. So still in the wild west. So when we tell people how to find the show, it's always like, well, you can go to Anchor and you can click here or you can, if you have some software that you're using to cat, then you have to look in the description and find that. And it's just slightly um, chaotic. Mm-hmm. As the world is right now, chaotic. Yes. It, well, if I could just give you one link, if you could just go, go, which we, that is the goal. Hugo Floss.co slash podcast or whatever. That's, that's what we'll get to eventually. I mean, as we have more subscribers, uh, how many do we have now? Like 10? <laughs> I don't know, but, but you know, let me just say this. I post both HugoFloss.co and Home Design Chat with Nancy on my a weekly online magazine. So if you go to designers with an S circle, hq.com, you will see both podcasts on there. The players right on the newsletter or on this online magazine that I have. So all you got to do is click on it. You can hit both podcasts um, one right after the other without going anyplace else. I make it easy. Well, I will say that our summer listenership is just generally down mm-hmm. from previous highs. But uh, but I think, because right now, I, I don't want to dwell on this too much because this is like an entire show topic for uh, the nerds out there. But right now, how do we tell people to find our show? Oh, you can go to Anchor. You can go get the show notes from Substack. And I'm not saying this is not part of the design right now because you know we're piecing together components so yeah anchor for the show substack for the notes uh anchor is only the starting point because maybe you're using google podcasts or apple itunes or podcasts whatever they call it or maybe other tools Mm -hmm. so we never know for sure what you're able to see because I, if I type in the description with the show itself on Anchor, then I don't know if you can see the same things that other people see. So you're kind of left to your own devices. The show notes are separate. <clears throat> so um, yeah, the goal for having a, our own host, as in we host our own content, is we would be the primary source of our own content. And I would like to see one page with the episode and show notes and and, and not that this doesn't exist out there, but using more standard tools and everything. So maybe that'll be another another show in the future. But it is a kind of a chaotic mess um, for people getting started. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, starting so your if, own podcast. You're like, if oh, you're, yeah, where it's in. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you're real well known, or if you are advertising on the radio about your podcast, um, yeah, I'm sure they have a lot of listeners. But if you're not one of those few, you know, you're one of thousands of people 
who are doing podcasts and how do people find them? Uh, they always suggest that you have a website that goes along with your podcast, which. Yeah. And, yeah. So we have our domain name and, and all that. And so the problem that I have is I don't want to launch a WordPress website, no offense, but uh, WordPress is problematic just from a, from a um, software vulnerability standpoint, because some huge percentage of the internet is powered by WordPress. So it's a primary target for hacking and bugs. So it's just a maintenance headache and it's written in PHP, which I'm not a fan of. So, um, but at the end of the day, there are, there are modern ways to publish content with structured data around it. I was just looking at this today. So schema.org slash podcast series, podcast episode. So if you, if you publish data with the right metadata in it, then search engines will find it and you'll be more discoverable and it's easier to discover, but also I would like to see players support that. So, I, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of, I guess it's the equivalent of like, you know, right now we have the, tri- <laughs> I, I, I know you love this uh, example right now. Podcasting depends on the triangle workflow. Yeah. And you're like, man, that that's t- 20 years ago. Where, wh- why have you not caught up? podcasting? Well, I have a better example. You know, baking a cake with a cake mix makes it so simple. And you can go on to Anchor or whatever. They go, oh, it's so simple to have your own podcast. Now, if you want to do a a cake from scratch, it takes a lot of time and a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge. And you know what you're going to end up with if you do everything that you've been doing. In your case, you're a computer engineer. You're very familiar with the inner workings, with everything to put this all together. People like me are going for the uh, cake in a box. I I have to go the simple way. Uh, So, and I'm lucky enough to have an IT guy. And also I'm lucky enough to have you. So you deal with this podcast and then my IT guy deals with my other podcast. So I'm a cake in the box person. But good, good luck for those people who are doing everything from scratch. You got to know but, a lot. But you have the, uh, in this case, I guess, uh, not so typical um, experience of designing. You design physical spaces, kitchens and other. Right. From, you know, custom, from scratch. You know, here's a space. How are you going to use it? So you, you are familiar with the, the benefits, the value proposition that comes along with, yeah, you could go with literally the box cabinets, the, you know, the kitchen in a box or the box in the kitchen, I guess. Um, but, you know, you could go to a, a, a home store of your choice, a hardware slash appliance slash cabinetry, whatever store. Uh, they call it they a can, box store. Sure. Yeah. They can okay. hand you a, sure. a, des, a design or you can d- build something that really works for you. And so I, tend to be like, well, I'd rather spend the time on things that work for me. Unfortunately, if I have 50 projects and I never finish any of them, that's a minus. That's another podcast entirely as well. But ultimately, I think there's so much left on the table for podcasting that uh, I just think there's better ways to do some of the stuff that's being done right now. So I agree. That'll be it for another show. Anyway. In the meantime, 
have a good week, Dan. I hope uh, the weather starts getting a little bit better. I doubt it. Um, hopefully, people are continuing to either wear masks, get vaccines, or stay out of crowds. I am not a proponent of forcing people to get vaccines. I want to say that. I think it's up to the individual. Um, I think uh, there have been statements where they're trying to make people feel stupid or inept if you don't get a vaccine. It's up to the person. So on that note, I'm going to say have a nice week, Dan. I will say uh, look at your local stats and decide where you want to fit into which column of numbers. In the meantime, don't get other people sick. Stay cool. Have a nice weekend and the uh, week. Yeah. We're, we're, it's the weekend for us, but for you, the, a nice week. Yeah. So. Have, enjoy the week. Stay safe. Bye, Dan. Ciao, Nancy and others. Bye-bye.